Welcome back to the Nightlife Podcast Season 3 episode, the next one after the last. Um, whatever the episode is, again, we have it down here. I want to thank uh, my good friends here at Latin Cafe. Um, there's you know, no way we could have avoided being in Miami, being at a Latin, you know, Cuban Latin restaurant yeah, here in Brickell, the new place where you got to be. They're not fake plants, by the way. They're all real. Um, today, man, we have a good friend here. Yes, good Terry friend. Terry Dylan Delan. How do you s- pronounce it's your last name? Thierry Delande. Delande. So, yeah. so you are really French, not French Canadian. I'm French, yeah. I was born in France. I, I always thought you were faking your accent. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, I keep it because the girls liked it back in the day. So right, I right, right. It, but um, I came here in the 80s, the 1980s, uh, right with the, the cocaine cowboy time in Miami. Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I always knew that I was going to interview Terry at some point in time. I didn't know exactly when it was going to happen because a lot of people are always asking about the history mm-hmm. of the nightlife in Miami. You know, it's one of the cities that... You know, everybody talks about New York and back, you know, Studio 54, those times of days. But honestly, <clears throat> Miami is Miami. Like you just said, cocaine cowboys yeah. and all those different times. There's been all the, you know, the, the, there's a lot of Cuban history. There's a lot of, you know, European Colombian, history. Venezuela, French. A yeah. lot of different times, a lot of different, you know, eras. I started in 1993 in this whole um, crazy thing world. And you were already around, you had been around. I don't know yeah. if you started before Miami, actually. Uh, I started in France, in Paris, after the army. And the regimes who opened the clubs and the, the Granville Hotel in the Coconut Grove. Okay. Was very famous already. Won clubs all over the world. Regines just won like at least 20, 25 clubs at uh-huh. one point. And she, she hired me because when I see one face one time, I never forget it. I can forget the name of the person, right. but the face I never forget. So I'm called philosophist. Right. So I can see a face and remember. Yeah. So when so, you, yeah. so so you guys know Terry. Um, you know the reason I actually thought that you were going to be on the show at some point in time was was um, because we were always talking about different positions in the industry and all that stuff, and I was like, we got to talk to Terry about about door, the about doorman, the door. Yeah, yeah. and and you know he's been a doorman for a very long time <laughs> not for a long time now the thing is is I started seeing you know some of Terry's uh, comments on Facebook and some of people's comments and people remembering the good old days and all those kinds of things uh, and then I realized you know what I gotta have Terry on to talk about the history of the nightlife in the Miami. truth history about the there you go that's, that's the other thing I started seeing a lot of famous names there and yeah. actually you know some of the comments were more like yeah, yeah, that was not the guy. Actually. That's not the guy. No, no. <laughs> so, so good to good to know. So, tell us a little bit more. All right. So, you arrived here in what year? 1984, 1984, 1985. Regines at the Grand Bay Hotel. Okay. Then, I was going to all the time on the beach because Miami Beach was so easy to go on the beach back then because used to bo- everybody used to go to Cape Biscayne. Right. Cape Biscayne was packed to people. Yeah, yeah. Nobody go to Miami Beach. So I want to be in a place where I can be naked, believe it or not. <laughs> so South Beach on 8th Street to whatever, we could be naked and nobody was around you. Right. So I used to go to South Beach on the weekend and I look at Ocean Drive, I'm like, wow, there's so much potential to do a lot of things here. So I met a friend of mine, his name was uh, Luis Canales. He was one of the biggest gay promoter in Miami. He's the one who created the white party, uh, 
all the clubs like Sampers and uh, most of the big clubs like uh, right. Paragon and all these big parties, right. Warsaw and everything else, right. that was Luis Canales. And um, he told me, he said, I'm opening a club and, uh, in South Beach called Boomerang. That was 1889, and I want to do something not funky. 1889, 19. 1989, I'm sorry. I was going to say, 1889, oh, yeah, sorry, he's not I'm that sorry. old. But. I, was, I was not that old, yeah, sorry. And uh, I asked him what, what it's all about, you know, because I'm used to that VIP clientele. Right. And he told me, he said, my partner is Erin Cosby, the daughter of Bill Cosby, who's very funky, and she's very art artsy, and, uh, and he's gay, and he wanted to have, like, a mix of gay artsy people and funky people together one place. Okay. And he wanted a funky uh, doorman, so I came dressed at, on tuxedo. All right. And everybody was jeans and t-shirt and, 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 and basket. Right. And I was wearing a, a tuxedo at the door. And in, Boomerang was the, the first funky place in Miami Beach. Everybody wanted to be there. Madonna was there. Uh, everybody was there. We're talking now what, about like 87, somewhere around there? Or? 89. 89, okay. 89, uh, yeah, 89, 90, I left to another place called The Loft. All right. The Loft was uh, a French clubs only for VIP, membership only. That was the idea. That was the idea. And uh, the owner hired me, he said, I want you to pick and choose the people like you did at Regines. Right. And I said, but this is Miami Beach. I mean, the people in Miami Beach, it's a little bit more casual, short t-shirt, flip-flop. He said, no, 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 try to do something. I'm going to try. So for three weeks, I closed the door, completely. <laughs> and I okay. put like five girls with drinks, champagne, and confetti at the door because it was a glass door, having fun. And everybody asked me, uh, what's, what's this place? And I said, this is the loft. And they said, what is this? A private club. And they didn't understand the idea of the right. private club because Miami Beach never have a, a private club, so it was like uh, very funky. The four weeks when I opened the door, I have a line of people outside. Right. And people dress nice. Yeah, there's that demand right the away. The demand right away. The funky, like uh, the lawyer, the judge, the, the, the attorneys, the the Miami drug dealer. I mean, everybody. Where was this? Okay, was South Beach on you know liquid? Seven then, or you know liquid? Correct. That was the loft. All right. Liquid. Uh -huh. So it was 14 in Washington. And next door, we have uh, Disco Inferno, the cameo. Right. And next to us, we have the spot with Gary right. James. Okay. So Gary James was doing his clubs with Mickey Rook back then. And I was doing the loft. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was like, already it was like funky, right. funky. But the loft was like amazing. I mean, we were making so much money, we opened five days a week. Right, right. In the line, five days a week. Because it was the only club in Miami where you have to dress up and you have to be at least 25 and over. Right. And you have to have a key to get in. They give you a membership was a key. So everybody thinks it was the key of the door. No, no. It was the key of the bathroom, the extra bathroom. Okay. Because it was an extra bathroom. Because back then you could go and do your sniff sniff. Right, right, right. It was <laughs> definitely different days. Yeah, so you have the key. So I was like, is it, is it going to work in Miami? And he said, yeah, it, it was working in Miami. Oh my and God. And he was making money. He was making a lot of money. And the Love was the first uh, club who created that Studio 54, pick and shoes, 
Right, that's style. That's style. And I saw, you know, I mentioned that you, I saw some people talking to you on Facebook about different things. And one of the parties you mentioned it was that neighbor right there next to Liquid uh, with Cameo uh, and Backdoor Bambi. Backdoor Bambi, okay. yeah. I don't know exactly if it started there or, so, or somewhere else. That, I don't know exactly where it started, but I remember it was a cameo. Backdoor Bambi was a cameo. Okay. And But the Disco Inferno was on Sunday first. The cameo was known for Disco Inferno on Sunday night, and the DJ was Georgette, his yeah. name. Um, yeah. And that place was out of control because yeah. people dressed disco and we used to go there on Sunday. We're talking about like a thousand, two thousand people every Sunday. And there was one party that you were mentioning, and a lot of your friends were talking about who really created the party. Yes. You were talking about, yes. uh, what was it, Fat Black? Fat Black Pussycat, Pussycat. yes. See, like Fat people don't call parties those names anymore. You know, Fat you Black see Pussycat. Fat Black Pussycat nowadays and you have no idea what to expect or you, you're, you know. Um. The funny thing about Fat Black Pussycat, I was in my pool uh, two weeks ago and I have an NBA player living in my building with the young guys, by the way. Right. And he hear, he heard about the party. That party was like 20 years ago. And he heard today about the party because most of the old basketball player and football player used to yeah, go to that party. There. Right. Uh, we, they we, liked Fat Black Pussycat. They loved the Fat Black Pussycat. <laughs> it was a Monday night, so nobody, uh, everyone was free, especially the hairdresser and the, the athlete. Some of the athletes was free. And the Miami people on Monday was like, nobody go out on Monday night. So the creator of the Fat Black Pussycat, to make the story real, right. because a lot of people think they try to take credit for the party, it was created by three guys. John Hood, Luigi, and Savoy, who were like funky guys, who were very funky with the art and the, the jacket and the pants up to here. I don't know if you remember that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were on the street promoting the party. They wanted to create an industry party for people like me or the bartender or the waitress or anybody who work in the industry to go out to party. Right. So the price would be cheaper and you have to have a code at the door. So you have to listen to, you have to make a phone call, listen to the code, and you have to talk to the dorm and the code, otherwise you can't get in. So that was the idea of Fat Black Pussycat. And the name Fat Black Pussycat came because I was in the office one day with Norman Bedford, right. the owner Al Baker, who used to own Facade, and Norma Invich. And John Hood and Robert, who designed the place, and would try to come up with a name. For the industry night, say, what can we name? We're going to do like industry drinks, industry nights. So, the week before, me and Norman, we went to Tilly Bar. Okay. <laughs> and he got a lap dance for a fat black lady. Okay. Who happened to be Irish and black. Okay. <laughs> yes. That was the joke Irish wow. and black. And she's married to a Jewish man. Okay. So, Norman was like, can you be more Miami? <laughs> so I said, wow, that's a, that's a great name. And John Hood said, well, back in New York City, we used to have a party called Fat Black, or Pussycat, or something like that. Right. So Norman said, well, the Fat Black Pussycat together sounds very nice. And that was the beginning of Fat Black Pussycat. Right. Nowadays, it's crazy, I mean, because you think of any parties nowadays, like any, for example, if you see an industry night, right? at any place, and it is called 
industry night. Right. You see a Latin night anywhere and you see it's called Latin night. Right. It, like there is no creativity no, whatsoever. No, they copy everything. Everything it's crazy. copy. It's crazy. It's just, you know, it's just the same thing. This guy copied that one. They yeah. do the same yeah. thing. The DJs play the same music. It's, everything's the know, same. And, and everything's the same. That, that was the crazy thing. So what do you think made the difference? Why, why was it so different back then? Why is it that everybody that used to, you know, that was able to either party in those days or work those days sees today as blah, you know, so boring? Well, because before, I think, at Miami Beach, it was a lot of different people from everywhere. Did really. the fact that you touch your nose while you were saying this have anything to do no, with it? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> it was a lot of different people. I mean, you have the gay community, you have the, the trendy, the, the hipster. Even back then, you have a hipster. Correct. Believe it or not, right? And you have the the, the Cuban Latino, then you have the Venezuelan Latino. They don't want to mix. Then you have the black people. You know, I work with um, uh, two life crew owner. Uh, right, right, right. Used to own the clubs. Yeah, it was a little crazy too. Oh, I imagine. But every clubs was a different scene, you, you, different music, and different style. So it was fun to go out because. I can go out in one night and do different country, and Correct. do different music, and do different yeah. style of this. And still be welcome at that party. Of it wasn't course, like, of oh, course, uh, yeah. You're gonna feel awkward at. And at, that was the beauty of South Beach. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. the beauty of South Beach. The party was like, uh, okay, I can go to Sampers and listen to piano with a singer, and then you can go next door Club New and see Rod Stewart singing. Right. It was fun, and that's another thing. We used to bring a lot of uh, real singer. All right. Like an egoist, we used to have a uh, Marta Wash, KLF, Black Box, Nomad, uh, all the band back then, the famous band on Power 96. Right. Used to come to Miami and sing in the club. So it was more live music with the DJ, like a band like Blue Martin is doing now. Right. They didn't create anything, they just right, take that's over. It's not new, it's all new, you know. We used to do that in Miami, all over the place. Yeah. So you can go to a Latin place with a live band and a DJ. And next door, you can go to the kitchen club with a punk. So I used to go to the punk, have a drink because it was cheaper to the Latin clubs. That's the way, the reason what we used to do. Right. You know? Then you have the funky place and you have the, the, the private place and you have bash and living room and six or nine and ruins and all this place. When, when do you think the main, the big change came? Uh, the truth, I think the French people destroyed the, the, <laughs> the beach. The, the opium group destroyed the beach. Yeah. yeah. Because they, they start buying everything and copy and make the same thing everywhere. Right. So they, they try to do, reproduce one club and six different locations with different style. I mean, try to make a different style, different name. But it was the same DJ, it was the same decor. Yeah, we just moved the party around, like, right. you know, do this party on Thursday, then on the other club yes. on Friday, the other one on Saturday. And they use the same promoter. Right. They just rotate the promoter. Yeah. So you could I mean, be, I was uh, guilty of being there, yeah, one, you yeah. know, one night at one place, one yeah. night at another. Mansion, sure. and then you go to right. set, and you go to Mokai, and you get to Louis, and you go over right. there. What was the beginning of, of, um, of Opium Group? Uh, living room. Okay. The living room on the beach. First, it was called the Strand. They what did they do before they were club owners? Uh, one of them was a model. One was a photograph, photographer. 
and oh. he had a street named Francis. And the other brother, DJ, was a uh, back of the house numbers. He was yeah. like, and they have another brother named Pierre, who's in France, who who's more in the money industry too. Right. You know, and uh, Eric have the idea with the. Uh, Another guy is named Charlie Schreiner, who called Louis the Fourteenth, because he used to have a hair like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like a French king, and to open a restaurant called the Strand, because the Strand was losing money, so they buy it, and they say maybe we can bring the, the Euro trash, what they call it, you know, right, the Euro style back to Miami a little bit more, and um, they were not making money because that was the time when China Grill opened, right, and China Grill destroyed them, completely, yeah. they were doing like. 15, 20 people a night. So they came to see me one day, uh, Eric and Charlie, and uh, I was working for Louis Puig at the time, right. the owner of Space, All right. who opened his first club in Miami. It was called Bar 609. No Club 609, Bar right. 609. Bar 609. Right. And uh, he told me, Terry. Was that 609 and Washington Avenue? Washington Avenue. Right. 1235 Washington Avenue. 1235, there you go. And it was called Bar 609. It was a little hole in the ground. You have two, two rooms, one Latin rooms and one uh, house rooms. And believe me, that place rock like you won't believe. We used to have lying from three blocks down sometimes just to get into six or nine. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, insane. The police have to come and push the people from the street because they were on the middle of the street trying to get in the club. I got a picture right there I have to show you. And. Um, Eric and, and Charlie came to see me and they say, we're losing money, we don't know what we're going to do. I say, are you crazy? Why don't you make a club, like The Loft? And Charlie said, that's a great idea. And three months after I go, I pass by going to work, I pass by in front of the place, and I see living room opening soon. And that's when they opened the living room. And the living room was very famous. Yeah, of course. They did a lot of money. Was, was Michael Capone, already throwing parties back then? Oh yeah, Michael was doing, Michael was back and forth. He was coming back and forth. Michael was coming uh, since the 90s. He was doing party like Bang and Les Bang. And uh, he was competing with Tony Push, who was doing Cassis at the time. Right. And uh, Michael had to leave the country <laughs> for a little while, for vacation. Okay, you a know, long vacation? A long vacation. And he came back, then he had to leave again. Then he started opening Amnesia. He opened Amnesia. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, of course. That was a cross from Egoist. That was good too. Yeah. But Michael, Michael was uh, more like industry of the mall agency. He used to go from uh, mall agency to mall agency and pick up girls. And well, what's going on? That's another thing I haven't seen. I don't see the, like, I mean, you see the models where? I live? Is that where they go now? They don't, they don't, they don't, don't have model agency too much in Miami Yeah, anymore. I don't see that anymore. It's like... too expensive for them. Okay. Most of the model agency was on the Shun Drive back right. in the days. Yeah, I remember. That's why we used to go to News Cafe and sit at News Cafe. That was the only reason we used to go to News Cafe, believe it or not. Because no, and it was so different because it was really like any party you would go to, it was easy to get models because they were oh, all yeah. here, everywhere. But you, you know? can't do that anymore. It's too, it's too expensive for them to leave, yeah. to be in Miami. Let me give you an example. When I moved to Miami Beach, a two-bedroom, two-bath on Lincoln Road cost me three seventy-five a month. Try to touch anything under three thousand dollars in Miami Beach now. Yeah. And that's why Miami Beach destroyed Miami Beach. The the city destroyed Miami Beach by 
the price was too expensive. Right. They start taxing every all the clubs. They start doing a lot of prevention for the drugs and the crime with the police harassing the clubs all the time. My first club, I have the radio from the police at the door. Oh, of course. They yeah. give me the radio oh, in yeah. case something happened. Right, right, right. Can right, you right. imagine? I'm French. I came to Miami <laughs> and the police give me a live police radio. And my first time I use it, I press a little red button. <laughs> I got like 15 cups coming up and then like, what happened here? <laughs> Nothing happened. The I French just pressed guy, the button. The French guy. <laughs> But uh, that was Miami Beach. The police used to, used to take me home. When I was drunk, I come up from the club. Come on, we, we take you home. Hmm. Or they pull me over, they take me home. Sorry, so after after all, you know, the Milan Brothers, Opium Group, all the all, the whole, um, you know, all, all those, you know, um, Space, Louis, Puig, all the, everybody, because they've all, I mean, they're not out of the question. No, they're question, not. not no, of, they're still know, there. They're, they're still, still there. around. Yeah. But now there's a big monster in South Beach, which is, you know, Groot, you know, David Grutman with Liv and Story, oh. you know, with, you know, on one corner and the other and, and pretty much kind of controlling. And I understand he's trying to, you know, well, open new things. That's another, that's another animal altogether. Yeah, right? Yeah, he, he, started with, he started with space, actually. He was, a, he, was a, he was a waiter and he became a boss boy. And somebody took him under his wings in promotion and he started... Uh, he was smart enough to to lock the DJs, right? So, if you want the the, the the party to be successful, you have to lock the DJs, right? So, on one side you have Luis Puig with space, and on the other side you have uh, David trying to yeah. But David is not along. Oh. He, he got good people behind him, like yeah. uh, Mo Garcia. Yeah, well, the whole group. Yeah. Hospitality, you know, it's very smart. You got yeah. Mo, you got Rob, you got, you know, they got, got good people. Jojo, behind, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. cool group of people working with him. I, I, I like that. I work with uh, with David on on a Tantra, yeah. actually, uh, a while back, um, and then with Opium. Right. When he was with Opium, I actually worked with them at, over there, Privé and yeah, and, Privé. Oh my God. Yeah, and um, I then think he bought Cafe Tabac, and he was like, yeah, uh, oh my exactly. God. Open but, garden and so, so the question is this, do you think there's a possibility of saving South Beach as in this coming back in any way where the creativity comes back, where there are more venues instead of just a few huge ones, right. where the little people survive because, you know, it used to be like how many clubs were on 7th and Washington? <laughs> 15, 20? Imagine, that's one block. Yeah. That is one block. I can name you all of them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you probably can do it with, like, with the address of each. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy. No, because and you were, would see all the yeah. doorman saying hello and like every door all getting the doorman, people. Yeah. And all the lines, you would have to go around on the street because the lines on each club on one block. And they have Nowadays, some... you got you stand outside on South Beach at 1.30 in the morning and you're alone nothing, in the street. Because yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing's happening unless you go to the huge places. It's crazy. I don't think it's something to do with the, the huge places. I think the people get tired of the South Beach, the, the, the parking and the, the price was too crazy. I think they take people from Which granted. I'm very glad because yeah. I'm on the other side of the beach. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, Miami Beach was very famous before. Right. In the 50s and, and everything else, it was the heyday of South Beach and it fell down. I think you need to fall down again to bring it back up again. Correct. Yeah, I think I, that that's one of the main things. It has to happen. It ha something bad has to happen before it get better. Right. I think it's the beginning of the end of South Beach. The two big clubs right there, 
it's nothing new. It used to be big clubs before, and my yeah. like Club New right. was huge. Yeah. And he used to have like 1235 and uh, the Channel Clubs, and you have like uh, back then he was a club with Gloria Estefan singing live yeah. inside the club. Ernesto Torres played the flute on top of the bar. I remember that. Yeah. But you go next door and it was crack house for for blocks and blocks and blocks. Everything was empty. So I think this is what's going to happen in South Beach again. The real estate market is going to drop. All the hotels and everything, they're not going to be able to fill up the rooms anymore. Because if you own, if you see the owner of Ocean Drive now, is the same owner, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. All the cafe, all the bar right there, right. is Jordache uh, Jeans yeah, yeah. Group. So they copy the same drinks, the same menu, and different name. So the people are not stupid. They don't want to go there because yeah, it's, it's a complete not, tourist trap. And you have to pay 80 bucks for a margarita. But, which is another thing. You don't you don't <laughs> see locals on the beach anymore. Like people don't want to go to the other. No, no. So yeah. So we got to do something to save. Even Winwood. I don't think Winwood is going to make it either. Oh, I don't. No. I don't believe it. I'm waiting for Winwood to, to crash. I don't think we're going to come back to Brickell. No. <laughs> but hopefully the beach will be safe. Brickell is different. It's the different animal, Brickell, because the clientele is completely different. But well, I call it the Latin Quarter. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, Cocoon Grove was the, was the shit before. It was. It was back when, you know. The I can name time. you the name, too. Uh, Instinct Better, The Mutiny, Suzanne in the Grove, Tiger Tales. Yeah, that's a long time. Secrets, Cats, and he yeah, was String Fellows. Oh, my. Baja, 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 yeah, that's crazy stuff. The, uh, the funny story that I can say as a doorman, I'm working with other doormen, and I see so many things the people want you to forget, you know, you're like, you, right. they don't want you to know, you know, like, oh my God, you saw me in the worst situation in my life. Right. And that's what the doorman is the key of, uh, I always say, the doorman is the key of the clubs. Yes. If you don't pass the doorman, is the reason for it. And the doorman is the reason why the club is happening. Right. If you have a bad doorman, the party can be very bad. If you put too many guys, too many girls, if you make too many this, too many that, it could be a very bad night. I believe 100% that one of the main reasons it's because why no it's good doorman, is yeah. the doorman. Yeah. The, no the, doorman. the doorman nowadays is a completely different thing. I mean, the thing is also, the, the French dormer, because that, there was a lot of you guys probably back, you know. Yeah, no, it was only two. Okay, but no, but there was a, there was a point where at least they were saying they were all French. <laughs> no, 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 there was only two. And that's another thing that I want to tell you today on the radio, is a lot of people take credit for other people's work True. in the beach. I remember sitting down one day uh, at the Van Dyke, and I was doing an interview for a club. The people used to bring me the, the application. And I look at one of the application, and the guys have the nerve, the claim to be me. With all the name of the clubs, all the location, and all the date, the same of mine. So I said, wow, you work at that club? Wow. And he said, yeah. It was busy, eh? He said, yeah, yeah, he was very busy. And I could believe, I let him talk and talk and talk. I cannot believe that it happened all the time. People take credit for one party, Right. or another clubs oh, yeah. all the time. So I think 80% of the club people in the industry right now are full of crap. Yeah. There's only a few key people who create South Beach, like Luis Canales, like Gary James, uh, Tony Pooch, Caponi, 
right. Smack Entertainment with yeah. Mo and all these guys. Yes. You guys. Um, it's only a few. You can count them in your hand. And right. the doorman, it was like maybe five good doormen in Miami. Right. That was it. And that, that, I was going to say that, that. For us, the good days, the parties that you could actually say, man, that's an amazing yeah. venue where like, everybody was nice. You know, it was a good group. It was a happening party, but a good crowd or whatever. Always the person in the front also represented that because when the doorman is you know not the right person also no. you got to make sure that the doorman you know advise with the same rules that you want to have with, for your clientele like you said at the beginning when you put on that right no, you know, I, I, suit I, on when you I, go to the door it's, it's responsibility i believe it's responsibility your job is to make sure nothing bad happened to the clubs right and we're making money so i was also the host meaning if somebody wants to buy you some spend money i right. want to make sure that guy's going first right and he's been taking care very well. And you have to remember him when you come back. Right. That's another thing. So I'm going to give you an example. You remember Cedric's walking out of the door? Yeah. What's the name of the club? Um, Mint. <laughs> yeah. After the, one day I was doing a party at China Grill. I'm not China Grill. I'm Sushi Samba on Lincolnwood. And I was looking enough to get three big DJ coming up. It was for the Winter Music Conference. And Tiesto show up. Yes, Tiesto. And Tiesto said, can I play a couple of songs over here? And I remember, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the manager, let Tiesto play, you know, of course. And he started playing, and as a girl's having dinner with her husband, next, next table, asking Tiesto if she can play Britney Spears at the time. <laughs> and I told the girls, you know who's playing right now? She said, I have no idea. I'm like, okay. Then we decided to go to Mint. So... We come with, we're coming with the limousine, and I say, well, I know the doorman, he used to work for me. Cedric was my, my cashier back in the living room. Right. He's going to let me in, no problem. Tiesto never wear nice, he always wears sneakers. You know that, right? Right. So we show up with Tiesto and Mike Vasquez and a couple other guys, DJ from Miami. I think it was uh, uh, Ivano Bellini or something like that it was with us. And Cedric turned around, he looked he look at the shoes, and, no sneakers in my club. And I turn around and I say in French to him, I say, hey, asshole, in French, I say, hey, asshole, look who I'm bringing to you. He said, I don't care. This is mint. I don't want this. I sold it in my club. We turn around, we left. But that's a bad doorman. Yeah. You don't judge a book by discover. You never, 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 never uh, judge someone because of uh, the way he look, or the way what fat it is and stuff like that. I'm going to give you another example. I hire a French doorman named Fabian. I can turn in the radio right now because he's embarrassed about that. <laughs> he was working the door for me at Jade. And I got an heavy set girl showing up at the door. But I look at the, I look at the way she carries herself. She was wearing a Praga bag, Cartier watch, nice shoes. And she walked to the door and she said, can I go in? If Fabian has said, are you on the guest list? That's another thing, the guest list. Mm. The guest list is, is an excuse. <laughs> it's fake. You can be a guest of the, the promoter or the owner, but say, are you on the guest list? It's an excuse for you to brush you off. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, the guy is like, so he said to the girls, are you on the guest list? The and question the, is there for you to say no so that he can say sorry. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So she walked away. 
and I felt bad for her. I was behind him. I ran after her. I said, Miss, I'm so sorry for my doorman. May I please bring you back and offer you a drink? And she said, yeah, I'd like to have a cosmopolitan. And we talked for five minutes. All the way out the door, she gave me a business card. Back then, she was the VP of Telemundo. So I go to my doorman and say, if you do one more thing like this, not only you fire, but I want you to understand, never judge a book by its cover. Yeah. As a doorman, you always have to remember the VIP people, <clears throat> and you always have to talk to the people, make sure where they come from. Because there could be somebody today and nobody tomorrow, or nobody today is somebody next day. Terry, so we are running out of time today. Uh, but Next week. Oh, but there, will be, <laughs> there will be a lot more history episodes for sure. Um, but one tip that I want to give everybody out there is, you know, promoters, club owners, everybody, you know, it's besides the fact that you got to be creative and come up with new ideas, you know, you know, bad, um, black fat pussycat kind of names and those kinds of things, um, which we never even went to into what the party entitled, you know, what it was. The music which was, and You know, the yeah. music and the craziness in that party and all that kind of yeah. stuff, um, you know, like Studio 54 and that party and, you know, the costumes, so many different yeah, things, yeah. costumes, all that kinds of stuff. Just getting creative, spending a little more money on the production and, you know, and than, than on your own clothes. Um, but it's also that the doorman part make sure that that first impression that you have that first person that's going to make that decision that key to your club or to your party has to be somebody who understands what it is that you friendly. need in there friendly. that person needs to be friendly that person needs to know exactly what you want inside what you know make the right decisions um, make sure you're always that person you're meeting with them on a weekly basis make sure you understand that they understand what it is that you want that you're doing um, what your clientele should be like, your niche, everything. Make sure they understand your crowd. He, was, he, he could be a good doorman because every time I go to your party, you have a big smile on your face right. and you come to the door and bring me in. Correct. You're always very friendly. Well, for, we, we try to kind of always, I mean, even if we have a bad day, we try to, you know, put on the mask. Always. You got to have always, a, a, a always. smile. In this, in this industry, you got to. You got to. And actually, my partner started doing as a doorman Gustavo go to the line and, go pick and, up the people and he yeah. was always you know doing so he always and that was one of the main reasons yep. he got to meet everybody all that um, and we've had both we've had good and really bad you know uh, do you know I used to give champagne I used to bring champagne cup to, to the people to the, at the door at the line because they wait too long right. after bar, you're waiting, so, yeah. so I used to give them yeah, champagne for, what, for us it was a little more aguardiente but there, there was something yeah. it's always good to take per, care of the people out there yeah. you know what I'm going to Give one example of what one thing that we did. There was a party that we did with a huge um, Colombian artist, Carlos Vives, and he was singing at the club um, for three weeks in a row. And one night he realized there was a line of like 500 people outside. And he went and he sat on the line. He said, I'm not going in until everybody goes in. Yeah. So I'm going to make the line. And he sang in the line with the people. Yeah. He brought the band and sang outside with the line. So it's always good to take care of you. Maybe not as much as that, but... but um, for sure, make sure you have a good doorman making the right decisions because in the end, the party is not even what you produce. The party is the people that are going to be in there. The crowd themselves are going to be really what exactly. you know, make that ambient party. party. Yeah. And do not be scared to mix with different crowds. You know, Having a niche does not mean it's that fun. you don't allow yeah, others. That's fun. why we're called LMG, La Misma Gente, 
the same people. We are all the same. We should all bring, you know, everybody. Everybody should be welcome. That was what was great about those days. Miami so. Beach was a place where everybody can have fun, and nobody yeah. make fun of you. Correct. So Correct. you have fun, but nobody make fun of you. And it was yeah. a place you can relax, enjoy yourself, and dance. Because yes, back then we should dance. We didn't text all day long from table to table. That's right. another thing. A hundred percent. I see girls on the table texting each other, right in front of each other. Yeah, man. Put the phone down. <laughs> put the phone put down. Put the phone down fun, for yeah. a minute right after you're done watching this episode. But, you know, definitely put the phone down and make sure you have, uh, you know, human touch <laughs> as part of your You should say right experience. there, the human contact yeah. between the door and the clientele. You yeah. have to feel like these people are winning online in the heat. Yeah. To get in to have a good time. Right. Make sure they enjoy themselves. Yes. Be funny. I was trying to be funny at the door. Uh, so, hey, so are you planning on a comeback? Oh, sure, for sure. I got so many stories to talk. So. <laughs> no, but I mean in the nightlife. Uh, door, I don't know. Door near you. The reason why I left the nightlife in Miami is because it was boring. Yeah. That's Not exactly boring. what we're talking right there. Right. It's the same music, the same DJ, the same promoter, the same place, all over the place. It could be Wynwood, the Miami Beach, whatever. Right. It's the same shit everywhere. Yeah. And we don't even dance anymore. So let's make a promise to make shit change, make shit happen. Of course. <laughs> and um, guys, remember one more time. Thank you, Terry, for thank coming. Thank you, sir. Um, hope I appreciate to see it. you again for sure. And, and thank and you for everybody to listen. <laughs> yes, of course. And remember, you get the book on Amazon, uh, nightlifepodcast.com. You see all the episodes. Follow LMG for the party. And you follow me at the Nightlife Entrepreneur on Instagram. And see you guys next week.